And everybody said, amen, amen. We all agree. God is good. Amen. Amen. At this time, uh, if you're a child that wants to go downstairs with Miss Shelley, she's at the back waiting for all of you. So be blessed. Learn lots of good things. We release you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good to see everyone here this morning. Um, if you never met me, I think most of you have. I see a few unfamiliar faces, but if you've never met me, my name is AJ. I have the absolute privilege to serve on staff here at the church and wear a lot of different hats, do a lot of different things, but today I get to come out from the shadows and speak to all of you, so uh, welcome. Good to see all of you here today. We are going to be looking um, at two different passages of scripture this morning. First one is 2 Peter chapter 1. So if you want to take a moment and turn there, uh, we'll also be looking at James chapter 1. Those are just a couple books away from each other, so if you want to take a moment and turn there. While you're turning or scrolling, I'll just share this story with you. A pastor found a shoebox in a closet. He opened it and found strange contents. Inside was an egg carton with only five eggs. Next to the eggs was a stack of bills that totaled over $10,000. As soon as his wife walked through the door, he stopped to ask her if she knew anything about this odd combination. She said, yes, dear, after we got married, I decided that every sermon you preached, if it was a bad one, I would put one egg into the carton. The preacher thought with pride about all the years they had been married and all the sermons he had preached and that there were only five eggs in the box. And then he said, honey, what about the stack of bills? And she said, well, every time I got up to a dozen eggs, I sold the eggs. <laughs> Funny story, but it does have a little bit of common theme with what we're going to be talking about today. Um, as Tammy mentioned earlier, next week you won't want to miss it. Um, Mick and Kathy Sander will be here. They are missionaries that we don't talk about a lot, but they are very good communicators. And Mick is a good pastor, preacher of the word. Uh, you won't want to miss him for sure. Uh, we're also going to be highlighting different missionaries that we support around the world. Uh, just kind of a real day of focus on missions. Uh, so you won't want to miss that for sure. Just a little recap, we've been in this series of seasons. Um, you see the, the slide that we have up here. And obviously we are now in fall season. Uh, some of you are dressing differently, you're looking differently. The weather is, is definitely getting cooler and we know those inevitable words are coming, the C word, the S word, right? Cold and snow, for you heathens that thought I was talking about something else. Cold and snow, okay? But just a little recap, Rick, Rich kicked this series off in week one. He talked about physical things that we could see. Uh, he talked about the axis of the earth and, and how our seasons of the weather change and how our seasons change. And sometimes we can stand up here and teach about things that we can see, uh, that are very tangible. But other times we teach about things we can't see, the unseen things. Before I went into full-time ministry here, I worked as an electrician. And every day I was faced with this factor of something that I couldn't see 
that had the potential to kill me. It's kind of like ministry, right? But as Christians, we know that principle. We know that every day we wrestle against not just flesh and blood, but what? Exactly. Against principalities, against powers, rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Then in week two, Rich twisted our theme just a little bit, and he talked about seasonings. If you remember, if you were here for that, he talked about being salt of the earth and being light. We learned that as Christians, we can be salt to the world around us. And then last week, Jeff came up and he reminded us about trust. He also talked about stupidity. No, I'm just kidding. He talked about trust. It was all about trust. So like all of you, I have sat in the seats over the last three weeks and I'm staring at this picture. And I'm, I'm saying, God, there's got to be more to this. Show us what we need to see. Give us ears to hear what you are talking about. So I'm looking at this picture, and I said, God, there's more to this, right? And he goes, yep. You ever get one of those one-word answers? Yep. Probably as dads or grandfathers, you gave those one-word answers. Yep. So I said, God, what is it you want us to see? And he said, what isn't there? What aren't you seeing? And I'm like, what? He said, look at the things that are unseen, not just what you see in the picture. So bear with me today. We're going to talk a little bit about things that are unseen. And I was going to develop this picture for you. But I thought, no, we really need to take a moment, use our imagination. We're so enveloped in this culture of things are right in front of us. The videos are right in front of us. The screens are right in front of us. Remember a time when we used to read books without pictures? And you had to use your imagination. God gave us our imagination as part of our spirit so that we read his word and the Holy Spirit helps us develop what this looks like for our own life. So I'm not going to put a lot of pictures up for you today, but I'm going to explain this in a way that I hope you can understand. We're going to talk a lot about perseverance. Where's my wife? There she is. She knew a little bit about what I was going to say, but that verse you read really, really set us up good um, for sure. So if we were to define perseverance today, that can be defined as persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Excuse me. Any of you ever come up against difficulty in your life? Pretty much on a daily basis, right? Too often when we hear this word perseverance, we think of phrases like, don't give up or don't quit. I dug up a couple quotes from a guy you might have heard of. His name is Thomas Edison. They go right along with what we're talking about. The first one says, I have not failed. I just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. That particular quote there, what he's referring to is the invention, his most famous invention, which was the light bulb. You know, the, the lights we have here, these are all LEDs. They're kind of a 
a transformation of what Thomas Edison's first invention was. But without his perseverance, without his persistence, we wouldn't have the kind of technology that we have today. The second one, he says, many of life's, life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success and they gave up. Just want to encourage you today, if you're at that point of giving up, don't give up. Man, we got to persevere. We got to be together in this thing. If we were to be perfectly honest with each other, I'd say that the church in general, not just Praise Fellowship, but the church as a as a worldwide body of Christ, we've been beat up. We face things that we've never faced before. We're, we're kind of at a place where, you know, things are coming at us that have never come at us before. And if we were to be totally honest, I'd say we're in a season right now that we weren't prepared to be in as a church. But the good news is God is still on the throne, amen? amen. Jesus is still in charge. And if you are in the body of Christ today, if you're sitting here today, if you're tuning in online, you are part of the body of Christ you made it. Congratulations. You're still in this thing. You're still persevering. But now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to give in to the enemy's schemes. Now is not the time to just sit back and relax, but we need to carry on. You've heard that phrase, we need to keep on keeping on. And I think that's the season that we're in right now. Let's look at that verse, Second Peter chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 3. It says this, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these things, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. It's definitely a mouthful right there. But what it's saying is, dude, you have everything in this life that you need right now to live this life through Jesus. And stop living like hell because Jesus defeated hell. We don't have to live like hell. We don't have to live like this corrupt world that's all around us because we have Jesus. Let's continue to verse 5. I like this. I call this the application part. Verse 5 says this, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. That's so cool. And to goodness knowledge. We're kind of building a little, a little wall here, a little block, if you can see it. So we're starting with faith. We're adding goodness. And then to goodness, we add knowledge. And to knowledge, we add self-control. And to self-control, perseverance and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. I read this passage about three years ago. I read it a lot of times since then, but when I read it three years ago, I used my imagination. I used the spirit man that's inside of me, and God gave me this picture of a tree and I think it's kind of cool that we're talking about seasons. So in this picture of this tree, there are things that you can see. There are things above the ground. Okay, we can see in this picture. 
We can see the trunk of the tree. We can see the branches. We can see the buds and the flowers. We can see the different changes that the tree goes through. But what is unseen, everything below the surface, right? Everything below the ground. So as we talked earlier today, we're, we're going to go through these things that are unseen and seen, kind of aspects of the physical realm as well as the spiritual realm. We don't have x-ray vision, right? God gave us good vision, hopefully. Um, you can see good. But he didn't give us x-ray vision. We can't see that stuff underground. But sometimes what is underground is just as important, if not more important, than what's above the ground. Just like the stuff we can't see is just as important, if not more important, than the things we can see. Everybody with me so far? So one example of this I thought of, where's he at? There he is. So when the hub was being built out here in 2019, what you see of the structure, um, you know, has the big white cover on it and has the steel beams. That's what you can see. But what you can't see under the ground is all the hard work that Dave put in and all the holes that had to be dug, and how many yards of concrete? I'm not a concrete guy. I'm not a construction guy. But when he says the words 100 yards of concrete, that just, just blows my mind. Like, that's how much concrete's in the ground to keep that building from just flying away in the breeze, right? So... It's the foundation, the stuff that's under the ground is very important. Our perspective of what a tree is made up of can be very limited to what we can see. But we know that there's so much more to it. So we're going to try to use this analogy. We're going to use this passage from Peter. We're going to try and paint this picture. So we start out as a seed, right? A tree starts out as a seed, just like as Christians, we start out with faith. So when Peter describes our faith in verse 5, he says, make every effort to add to your faith. Your faith is a starting point. When you surrender your life to Jesus and say, yes, I'm a Christian, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, that's where it starts. It starts with your belief, your faith. In Mark 4, Jesus describes the kingdom of God like a plant. In verses 31 and 32, he says, your faith is like a mustard seed which is actually one of the smallest seeds in all of the earth. But yet, a mustard seed can flourish into a plant that's even strong enough that birds can make a nest in. Our Christian walk begins with faith. From there, Peter says in verse 5, to add goodness. When our seed, our seed of faith, is underground, it begins to be watered. Some of the beginning roots of our faith are goodness. So when the seed starts to sprout, it sprouts off these little roots. That's the goodness. We sang about it, the goodness of God. The goodness is being added to that. As we start to grow, these roots of goodness begin to grow in a root system. If you can picture now a tree, this tree on the screen that's all full, it has a full root system underneath. So each root of goodness that grows... Peter describes this as adding knowledge to goodness. For some of you that have been at this a long time, probably longer than I've been alive, you remember things like cassette tapes. Come on, it's okay. You can show your age a little bit. 
<laughs> I just talked to somebody two weeks ago that said they remember when cassette tapes were mailed to their house because that was the only way to hear the new worship songs that were being put out. It was either that or sit by the radio for, you know, seven, eight hours to hear that, that one song that you wanted to hear. We are so spoiled today. We have this infamous amount of technology and information, and we can just, with one click of our finger, go and, you know, listen to all this great teaching and all the good worship songs that are coming out. But there was probably a season of your life, if you've been at this for a long time, where you could not get enough knowledge. You could not get enough things to add to your root system as you were growing as a Christian. But that knowledge is very important as we add it to our faith, our Christian walk. And then we grew into things like CDs. Everybody remember CDs? And then DVDs. You can't even really find a DVD anymore. Everything's podcast and streaming and, and all the technology. But the bottom line is there's many ways to get the teaching, to get the word inside of us, and to build that root system of knowledge that we have. So just a quick recap. The three things we've talked about so far in Peter, he talked about the faith, the seed, talked about the roots of goodness, and then we talked about a root system of knowledge. Those are all things under the ground, things that aren't seen. From here on out, we're going to talk about the things that are seen. The next part of the verse, Peter describes, he's adding self-control to our knowledge. So once we have that root system built, we start to sprout out of the ground. When we weren't Christians, our lack of self-control was probably very noticeable, right? But hopefully, when we come to Jesus and we start to grow in him, the changes become noticeable. The things become visible that sprout out of the ground. Self-control, ironically, is also one of the fruits of the spirit that Paul describes in Galatians. So after adding self-control, he then encourages us to add perseverance to our growth. By this time in our walk, in our Christian faith, some discouragement may have crept in because maybe some opposition came in our lives. Maybe some opposition to the changes that the Holy Spirit was trying to develop inside of us. But Peter encourages us here to keep on, to persevere, to persevere in our faith. We're going to circle back to this trunk idea here in just a minute, but I want to kind of finish off the picture of the tree. So after we've persevered in our faith a little bit, we're encouraged to add godliness to our character. After all, God did make us in his image. We are all created in the image of God. So naturally, we'd be reflecting the image of the Father and what he's doing. So this godliness character is added. And above that, he says, add mutual affection. I looked up this word. Affection can be described as a gentle feeling of fondness or liking. It's been so awesome to watch all of you the last, we'll just say a year or so, because you're building relationships with each other. Some of y'all are here till, you know, one o'clock. We don't even lock the door till one o'clock because you're still all chatting with each other. 
And as the body of Christ, right, Rich has encouraged us, if you sit on this side of the room, go over to this side of the room. Introduce yourself to each other. Form the body of Christ. If we refer back to our tree analogy, I think mutual affection would be represented as the branches of the tree. Kind of developing into something that's not quite there yet. But I want to take that a step further today. If you have mutual affection with each other, it's going to sprout into love. That's kind of the next level. And that's the last thing Peter encourages with uh, us with. He says to add love to mutual affection. So when I got this picture of the tree, I saw love being the, the flowers, the leaves, if you will. Love fills our lives just as leaves fill out the tree. I believe we can draw a parallel here between love and the flowers. Both are the most beautiful parts. I dug this out of Psalms 92. It says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. So if we go back to 2 Peter verse 8, he kind of wraps this up and he says, For if you possess these qualities, these qualities we're talking about, the faith, the goodness, the mutual affection, the perseverance, the love, if you possess, possess these qualities, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. I just want to stop right there. It doesn't say being ineffective and in, unproductive in tasks or in jobs. I, I don't want you to walk away saying, well, AJ told us we need to persevere and I need to do more work and I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do that, da, da, da. No. It says being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're possessing these qualities. We're growing in Christ so that we can grow in Him. Not just for our own selfish desires. Not just for our own personal gain. If you want to be productive in the kingdom, receive faith and grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We should always be looking to be more effective and productive in the body. Now I want to kind of circle back to the trunk of the tree. I kind of want to focus on this part today a little bit. Like I said, when I, when I got this picture of the tree, I saw perseverance as being the trunk of the tree. If the trunk of the tree is rotted, the rest of the tree is headed for disaster. The trunk is what bridges the unseen parts to the seen parts. It connects those two things together. It, the knowledge can't connect to the love. The godliness can't connect, or the goodness can't connect to the godliness. The faith can't connect to the mutual affection. What's underneath will never pass through to the top part without the trunk of the tree. The whole tree depends upon the strength. So in other words, it really depends on its survival. The trunk of the tree is what... It's like what withstands all 
the storms in life. So if you, th if you think of your Christian walk as, you know, being blown about and all these things coming against you, that perseverance is what keeps you going. I'm sure we have some tree cutters in here today. It's kind of that season, you know, we start getting out the chimney sweepers and dusting out the wood stoves and, you know, getting all that stuff ready to go. When you go to cut a tree down, 95% of the time, is Mike over there? He's not even over there. 95% of the time, when you're going to cut a tree down, you start at the trunk, right? You cut a, a little notch out of it. Then you go about around back and you start cutting what, what we call a felling cut. And you cut all the way to the hinge of that tree. And then, wham, the tree falls down. Because that's a strong part of the, the trunk. It's not the only way. But I kind of think that's like a similar thing to how the devil attacks us, right? He's going to attack us at our trunk. He's going to attack us at our core. Not the only way he can attack, but definitely one of the ways. If we want our faith to be connected to our love... We better keep on keeping on. We better keep on attending this gathering. Amen? We better dig a little deeper into the Word of God. We better be on our knees asking God for wisdom and guidance. You know, this Thursday we're going to have a PF family gathering. I would just encourage you to come out and attend that. You say, why? Is that self-seeking? No, it's not self-seeking. I gain nothing by you all coming here. It's your mutual affection with each other. It's your love for the body of Christ. That's what we're about, relationships. So let's go over to James chapter 1. If we start at verse 2, James, he kind of challenges us. It's a little encouraging, but it's kind of a challenge. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Some of your versions might say a little different wording. But it's that testing that produces perseverance. He says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So we talked a lot about perseverance. But you might be sitting there saying, why? Why are we talking about this? Why do we need to persevere? Why do we go through seasons of perseverance? What's the end goal of this? When he says finish its work, what, what, is, what is he saying? I believe there's three things here that we can take out of this. Number one, God wants to restore our relationship with him. God created us. Sin crept in. We kind of went the wrong way. But God longs to restore that relationship with us again. Right? The first things first. We talked about that seed of faith, believing in Jesus. The second thing I think we can take away is we become remade in his image. We're constantly growing. If we're not growing in faith, we're shrinking back. So we need to constantly be filling up with the word, getting ready to go. Remember our tree analogy. Some parts of this are unseen, but some are seen. There's an old Gaither song that says, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just one week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. 
how loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. We're constantly growing. We should be constantly growing. And number three, I believe that when our final season in life is over, when we kind of get to the end, we will join the Father in heaven with all the saints. We're going to worship around the throne with Jesus. It's kind of like an end goal to, to put out there for yourself. This week I had an absolute privilege of speaking at a funeral um, of a lady that used to attend here quite a number of years ago. Uh, she'd been in the nursing home for quite a number of years. Awesome family. Family was super easy to work with. But my point is, every time that I'm at a funeral, I attend a funeral, I'm part of a funeral, it just gets me thinking about heaven. It gets getting me thinking about that end goal, that if we persevere and we stick this thing out and we really hang out with Jesus every day, we all too will be welcomed in his arms one day. Amen? I've got a little video here we're going to look at. About three minutes long. And the video is about a man named Nick Vojkacic. I've never met Nick, um, but Nick has a saying that says, no arms, no legs, no worries. Nick was born without any limbs. This is often referred to as Tetra Amelia syndrome. You want to talk about perseverance. I mean, I'm thankful to be standing here today, but we're not all created the same. So I think we can take a little bit away from this video. Nick is a very unique and special individual. He has a very powerful ministry. He, he goes around talking mainly with kids, but he talks about perseverance. He talks about not giving up. And he gives God all the credit for what he can do. So go ahead, let's watch this. When that one person accepted me, I didn't care what the other 12 people thought. Does that make sense? Sometimes all you need is one person to believe in you. All you need sometimes is that one person to say that, hey, you know what? You're going to be okay. So at night she stares at a window. When you go through sad times, I want you to remember my smile. Ready? I want you to know when you feel like giving up, don't give up because you are special. And I want you to know that you can do something special in your life. Just the way you are. point of being complete on the outside when you're broken on the inside? What's the point of holding your wife's hand when you can't hold her heart? What do you want? What do you want? Deeper down she has found the one thing 
Even the worst part of your life can come together for the good. Four years ago, I met a little boy with no arms and no legs. And the doctors told his parents, we don't know why he was born that way. And we don't think he's going to walk. Then his doctor saw me and says, oh, he's going to walk. Yeah, very powerful. I, I've watched that video many times, and it's just, it's so encouraging, it's so inspiring. So hopefully you can take away a little bit of inspiration today um, from that. Just want to encourage you again, don't give up. Like, like Nick said in the video, and I like the part when he goes, when you're going through sad times, remember my smile. He just beams out. Very cool, very cool individual. But no matter what you're going through today, I just want to encourage you, don't give up. And keep keep going, uh, for sure. Just stand with me this morning. We're going to close this thing out. I'm going to pray and, and dismiss everyone, but if you feel this morning that you need prayer, specific prayer, or something that you're, that you're going through in your life, if you want um, special prayer, don't hesitate to come forward. Uh, even after we, we close up today, I'd be happy to stay and, and pray with you for, with whatever you're going through in your life. just want to talk a little bit about what's coming up. Next Sunday, of course, Mick and Kathy will be here again. Um, and after that, we're going to start a very exciting series that I'm excited about. We're going to do a whole teaching series on worship. Uh, so you won't want to miss that. So let's just pray. God, we thank you again for the gathering. We thank you for this time that we can be together. We can en encourage each other in mutual affection and love. We can grow in the knowledge of you. We can just be under that atonement, that sacrifice that you made for us so that one day we can live in heaven with you again someday. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your mercy, for your goodness. And I just ask a uh, prayer of peace and protection over every single person as they go out this week, God, that you would just strengthen them, that you would encourage them and bring them back Thursday night, Tuesday night, whenever we're coming back for various activities throughout the week. But God, just unite us together as a body. We thank you for what you're doing in this fellowship. We thank you for what you're doing in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.